Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Horrorversary. If this is the first time that you're turning into the podcast, it's very simple to explain what happens here. This is a podcast celebrating horror movies that are celebrating anniversaries. And we're talking about the big milestones, the 10s, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, sometimes even going back to the 60s. Because you maybe you're not the best at math and maybe you don't know how long movies have been made, but you can easily go back 60 years and there's some really, really great horror movies. My name is Adrian Torse. I'm your host as always. And on this week's episode, I, I, that's the best response that I can really think about talking about this film at the start because it's Martyrs. Martyrs is a film, of course, from 2008, part of the, the French horror extreme wave. And if you throw out the title to people, you're going to get that expression. There's going to be a pause, a sigh, and they might flap their lips for a second before deciding what to say. And that's because there's a certain state of mind you have to get in when you're getting ready to discuss martyrs. No one who's asking about martyrs is somebody who's like at a blockbuster in 1990 and casually picks up the cover box and was like, do you know what this movie's about? No. If someone comes up to you and asks you about martyrs, they want to know what your opinion is. They're ready to have a discussion with you. While it doesn't get into like so much of the debauchery or depravity that might be associated with like say a, a solo the hundred days or 120 days of Sodom or the director's cut of Caligula, it very much stands alongside the, the films that you mentioned nowadays that just kind of rankle people for one reason or another along the lines of like Baskin or a Serbian film. This film is right there. Now, when you want to talk about martyrs, you have to start at the very beginning and the way that it takes its time. We are first introduced to Anna, of course, and she's escaping from this place and she's trying to figure out what's going on. And it just kind of I did better this time. I, I will sincerely say I did better this time. I actually got into the beginnings of the plot before, you know, our guest just had to knock on the door. But it's OK. It's OK. Because our guest this week is fantastic. And I know I say that a lot. But if you don't know our guest, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, what what are you doing? Are you not paying attention to the internet? I mean, if you know anything about film and you follow any site, you've probably heard of the AV Club. And so our guest from the AV Club, their news editor, or one of their news editors, Katie Reif. Welcome, oh. Katie. Oh, hi, it's me. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm not sure if that's the best way to, to, to enter the ring when it comes to martyrs. Listen, I'm going to be really chipper the whole time talking about martyrs. I'm just going to talk like this, going to be really peppy. You're going to be really unnerved. See, th then in the back of my mind, what I'll think is that you're actually going through the stages of martyrs. And this is no. how, like, this is your hallucination stage is that... You're, you've cracked to the point where you're almost slap happy. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see before I die. I'm on a podcast. Oh my god. Well, it is 2018. There, there <laughs> probably aren't many worse ways to go. <laughs> now, we like to ask a question, and I'm really excited to ask it this time because 
this is one of those like those cultural things like your cultural currency in a way where were you when so we asked this very simple question which i hope there's a good story but when did you first see martyrs okay martyrs is the only movie it's one of maybe two or three movies i've ever watched where it took me more than one try to watch it because i just couldn't get through Hardly ever. Like I've watched, you know, um, I used to work at a video store and one of the customers was just a complete like gore hound. He was this weird old hippie dude. He was actually really nice, but he just loved gory movies. And so I'd be like, oh, well, man, you got to rent Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, man, you got to rent, you know, Guinea Pig 6 or whatever, you know. And, oh, dude, you got to. This was before Martyrs came out, actually, but. You know, I've watched a lot of gory movies, but this is the only one where it took me more than one try to watch it. And I watched it again on the advice of one of my coworkers, Alex McLevy. And then when I did sit through it the second time, I was like, oh, okay. It's not just a torture movie, which is what I enjoyed about it. <laughs> I, I think I think that's simple in the way, but it's it's interesting. Once you make it through the journey... That is martyrs. There's lots of people that that have that, and I tried to explain the film to somebody recently, and as I was explaining it to them, this look of terror and horror crept over their face. Of why would you watch something like this? But, I just the 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 button that it the button on the end of the film. It's yes. just real. that's that's what I think. That it's like this horrible thing to get through, and then the end is just so bleak, but so ironic. Like it makes force majeure look really cheerful, you know? It's <laughs> it's so fucking existentially bleak. The end of this movie, and it's so dark that it's kind of funny to me. I'm like, ha! so I sat through that whole thing, and wow, okay, wow, <laughs> which I is kind of why I like this movie. It's just so. You know, it, uh, it's almost funny how dark it is. But not depraved, I wouldn't say. You know, it's not like, no. like human centipede or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not that, That's why I made sure to, to say that it doesn't go to the lengths of something like the director's of cut of Caligula that's got vomiting all over the place and then has, like, the, the, the orgies and then the mutilation and everything. You, It's not to that level of an extent and plus it's an hour and 45 minutes so it doesn't completely outstay its welcome i don't know i would say that caligula and martyrs aren't the same thing because i don't think that you know sex and violence aren't the same thing yeah exactly yeah and i i think that i think when you talk about martyrs to somebody when you try to describe it i think to a degree it sounds worse than it is because there's there's something fascinating about about watching it that you try to explain to somebody and they're like, that doesn't sound that great. And then they watch it and they're like, okay, there's something about this movie that's it's getting to me. It's unnerving. It's weird. It makes me feel uncomfortable. But then then it gets to the end and you're like, I think I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And I think a lot of it has to do with the structure of it and the ending. I mean, I think that. Yeah. Because the criticism that people always have of movies, you know, like this that have like a lot of like, you know, explicit violence in them 
violence isn't even the word though you know it's it's got it's it's about people get tortured mm. torture porn, torture porn but the criticism is always that it's that for its own sake but this movie isn't that for its own sake it's that to the point that comes in when the cult comes in yeah and i mean i think that's the difference of if on the page people would want to put martyrs like next to hostile but they couldn't be like any more different from each other. Yeah. Martyrs has a point. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the, the other thing that I realized watching it uh, again recently is that it's very, it'll sound like a weird word, but it's slick. And that's how lots of, of those foreign films are compared to like the American torture porn films have this kind of uh, chintzy and, and cheap feel and veneer to it. Whereas, you know, th- these French extreme movies, have this high level of technical polish over everything. I mean, I will say that I do like the first hostel. I think Eli Roth started off good, but then he became a parody of himself. But I'll give him the first hostel. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's more than most people would say. So you're you're, you're a rare spot. I said it. I was like, you know... As, as difficult as it is to describe this movie, I mean, you can be like, yeah, he got Anna and he got Lucy. But, you know, um, for the people who are uninitiated and haven't seen this movie, pause, pause this, first of all, if you want and go watch the movie. It's worth your time. If the idea of, you know, torture porn on a screen bothers you or just torturing or people in very unfortunate situations aren't your thing then listen, we're, we're going to go the different way because when most people write articles around martyrs, they say, well, we're not really going to talk about the plot. We're not going to talk about the things that happen. But here we are 10 years later and we're looking back on the movies and what make them special. So we have to get into that. So and this is going to be very difficult. Everyone hates me for asking this question, Katie. But okay. in as few words as possible for the uninitiated, try to describe martyrs. What it's about? Just in general. Either the feeling that you feel, what the plot's actually about. People take different directions on this one. Okay. Um, so Martyrs... Jeez. Uh, All right, I'm just going to go pretentious with it. Martyrs is sort of about um, this sort of ideal of, like, the suffering saint, you know, and, like, the the... Catholic womanly ideal of like giving yourself like for God and being a martyr and through like physical pain, which as sort of like a way that the Catholic church would use to uh, uh, oppress people, you know, to convince them that their suffering was noble. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Oh yeah. So, so they tolerate the King or whatever. And so <laughs> I think it's sort of about that sort of idea which is very, you know, European. Um, but it, yeah, like this sort of like idea of the beautiful saint suffering for God. But then, like I said earlier, that it puts kind of like a very dark, ironic twist on that through this uh, element with the cult. And it's, uh, it, I always tried to describe people that it's essentially two to three movies jammed into one film, but it works. Yeah, and it's like, it's just, the thing about this movie is it's really intense the entire time. It's just pummeling the entire movie. I can't imagine, like, sitting in a theater. Can you imagine me at the world premiere of Martyrs and just being like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) I, I, sitting 
sitting and watching it again a few minutes into the movie, like maybe the first like 10 minutes or so, um, it hit me. I was like, wait, I need to check once I'm done with the movie. But this played at Fantastic Fest, didn't it? Because it feels like a Fantastic Fest movie. Like, it feels like that's the type of crowd that's like, yeah, I can sit through this. And then afterwards, it's like, maybe maybe that wasn't the best choice I chose this round. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't at Fantastic Fest back then. So. It was uh, back in 2008. It, it was because it, it played at San Sebastian. Uh, I think like London Film Fest, and then was at Fantastic Fest in 2008. Cool. Yeah, I mean, but but like that's the only type of like theatrical audience that I can see sitting through that, like people who who are expecting crazier genre movies, like somebody yeah. who's going to an AMC at like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Oh my god! Cho- choosing Martyrs is not the right call there. But I don't think it's for something like that. I mean, uh, in certain ways, this movie is kind of like lowbrow Michael Haneke, you know, because Funny Games is really fucking hard to sit through, too. Yeah. But this is sort of like a slicker, more, you know, less art art house version of that, which is like kind of extra fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... But but you you bring up a good point because the next question that I wanted to ask is is what do you think helps account for its longevity and do you think it's that fucked up nature that that continues to make it prevalent and and brought up in countless conversations with either you know like the most violent or most messed up or scariest horror film of you know the last twenty years or so. I mean, well, well, I told you before we were recording uh, the reason reason that I picked this one is, for some reason, I feel like I bring up the new French extremity a lot in reviews. And I also talk about it inside all the time, because when I worked at the video store, that was the movie I put on when I wanted everybody to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just sort of like something that is a little bit of a punchline, and everyone's like, oh, it's so crazy, it's so extreme. But there is something about the idea of like something that is you know really extreme like that, but also... I don't know, artistically done, not shock value for shock value sake alone. Yeah. It's interesting to me, and I find myself watching a lot of those kind of movies. Like, one of my favorite movies is The Devils, which is also... Ooh. Yeah, I fucking love The Devils. Uh, but, so, I don't, I don't know. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I said, what do you think accounts for Martyr's longevity? that it's you know it is that torture thing which is kind of salacious but I think it's actually a pretty decent art movie and but the thing about it is is that the director like doesn't hasn't replicated that none of these guys went on to be like Michael Haneke and be a bigger you know auteur in world cinema you know none of them really none of them are still making stuff that kind of blew our mind today it's kind of a flash the pan thing that happened in France like 10 years ago there's that whole wave of them, you know? Yeah. Starting with tension and Inside and Frontiers, which I'm not a big fan of, and then this one. Well, it's I mean, it's it's just that it, it's the international scene in general because the 
the episode that we did right before this was on Let the Right One In. And of course, that's that's directed by Thomas uh, Alfredson. And while he did have one successful movie after uh, that with Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, he then follows it up with The Snowman. So we probably won't hear from him ever again. Dude, did you see The Snowman? Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorite press screenings I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, out. I remember I, I looked over at the woman that was sitting next to me, and she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And then we all just kind of laughed. <laughs> what? What the fuck was that? <laughs> but, but that's I mean, what I mean. Like, yeah, it, you you get like one to two movies, and it's either you get one that does really well or one that kind of does uh, middle of the road, and then you're just kind of you you disappear, and you mm-hmm. might make a VOD film that surprises people like thirty years after you made that one film. Yes, yeah. so. that's bleak, just like the film Murders. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is it's a it's a film full of standout pieces. But if you had to choose one uh, scene that you felt was either the signature or standout scene of Martyrs, that that should be the the example that you you would show everybody. What would it be? Uh, well, I brought it up earlier, but again, the end, the end just completely just pulls it back around and makes it have, you know a point. Uh, and I don't know what else I should say because it is the end of the movie. Well, no, like it, I already told everybody, you know, to pause it if they hadn't seen the film. Yeah. So that's If they're here again, spoiler alert, pause it here, but we're discussing the movie and several of the films that lots of movies, when you look back on like the 10 year, there's a good portion of them that are remembered sometimes solely because they had a good ending. Or there's mm-hmm. films that are elevated because they had a strong ending. So when talking about the cultural impact that they had and their lasting impression of the movies, sometimes you have to get into that spoiler space. So feel free. Feel free. Okay. So I think the ending of the film where, you know, the, the, the mademoiselle commits suicide sort of imply, I mean, it makes all the suffering that you just watched, all this horrible, unpleasant, intense shit you just sat through for the last hour and a half, meant nothing mm. and there's something about that that is just kind of funny in a really unique <laughs> existential way in a michael haneke sort of way that's what makes it art is that ending that it's just such a like bleak european existential michael haneke ending that it's like <laughs> you know it took me three tries to watch this movie <laughs> That and the endurance test aspect, but that's why I think I like it best out of those this wave of movies, except mm-hmm. for Inside, which I also enjoy, and that's also very, very, very bleak. I have a dark sense of humor. I fucking love the square man. Like this is, <laughs> it's like you know you combine the square with a very, very graphic two thousands horror movie, which is kind of up my alley. <laughs> There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. The the interesting thing that I that I found out is there's actually people who debate the ending. What like whether it means God is real or not? Yeah, the, like there's plenty of people who are like, no, 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 she's God she, isn't real. 
Yeah, well, there's people who are like, no, she commits suicide because she wants to be in the other world because she's been told how great it is. And I'm like, what what movie are you seeing that you you read it like that? No, no, no. Yeah, no, I don't agree. (laughs) Well, I think that it that God not being real and it all being pointless is. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because that means that. Like if it is art or if it is trash depends on your interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I mean that's that's the fine line with a film like this is is there's people who are going to look at it who who will automatically you know take the trash route just because of the violence that is depicted on the screen, and then there's the other people who who look at it from the other perspective, which is us. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know if that's a good <laughs> a good or a bad thing. So no, no, I think that's interesting that you know that you could look at it a few different ways like that. I think that that adds to its value. Well, I, I think it works out with the fact that he he goes the route of of having it be inaudible when when she says what it is because he yeah. he causes that he causes that yes. is this a glass half full or or half empty. It is deliberately, yeah, very, uh, very vague. I don't know. But that's kind of interesting, right? A movie that's sort of a personality test. Like, are you optimistic or pessimistic as a person? But, and the director himself came out years later and made the it, point yeah. that, that he was super, super depressed and had very suicidal thoughts when he was <laughs> writing this movie. So I think that kind of lets you know where the director falls with the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Some Lars von Trier shit right there. <laughs> um, what, because it basically breaks down into three sections, which mm-hmm. would you say is is the most successful for it? Do you do you feel that because of how crazy and insane and and lots of people would say either pretentious or preposterous the third act gets that that kind of makes people forget about the like the first act of the film? No, I don't think so because I think the first act of the film. Or the second act is what's notorious. Because you're right, it is three different movies. I I think the first act is interesting because it is, you know, it's someone being chased around by a killer in their home. It's a home invasion movie. Which there are lots of those. This is an exceptionally intense one. Like, I was really just, like, on edge the entire time. Because it's so just brutally intense the entire time. No, I agree. And it's crazy because it's a... It's a home invasion after a home invasion. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the, 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 the second beginning is the part I couldn't get through initially. Which part? The first part? The very beginning where she's in the warehouse. That's the part okay. I couldn't get through. Yeah. I, I watched that and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the part that always gets me is in the, the second act when um, she's got the unnamed woman in the bathtub and she's pulling out like, uh, the giant metal pieces from the top of her head. And uh, that bothers me more than anything that goes on with Anna when she's being chased by the, the hallucination. Yeah. No, the, no, that's not the part that sticks with me. It is crazy though, that this movie just is so completely intense that you're like, yeah, I don't really remember the part where she was being, you know, <laughs> were trying to kill her. I more remember the bit with the girl with no skin, and you're like, "Oh yeah, the bit with the girl with no skin." Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. 
that's a, that's that's what gets people's uh, attention or the uh, the slicing the razor blade starting at the shoulder going all the way down to the wrist. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. But I I think that I I love that aspect to the movie and I think that's what it's so different in the way that it goes about telling its story by dividing it up into those chapters and then like you mentioned you've got the flashbacks to uh, divulging what happened in the warehouse all those years ago. Yeah. I don't know. They, yeah, that's the part that as as an uh, intro, it's super... Yeah, it really turned me off. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. Now, of course, because we're at the 10-year the anniversary mark, and two years ago, there was an American remake. Did you try that one? No, 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 no. Like I said before, uh, my coworker Alex McLeavy really likes this movie, also, <laughs> and he he reviewed the uh, the remake. He said it wasn't worth the time, so I didn't bother. Okay, so that thankfully we can skip over remake talk for once because the last couple of films we've done have ended up having remakes. So that's the the point of introspection for the next question. Which is, is there a modern counterpoint in the last 10 years since this came out um, that, that that's similar yes. to this movie? And um, what makes either this film or that film better? Okay. Uh, yes. The answer is Revenge, which okay. just earlier this year. And Revenge is better. Because Revenge uses a similar tactic of just like fucking pummeling you both of these movies are somebody just getting in a fight with someone and they throw you down on the ground and they're punching you in the face for like an hour and a half you know they're both just really really intense movies but revenge i feel like this movie is trying kind of stumbling towards some sort of message about you know, suffering for religion, being pointless, and kind of inching towards something sort of revolutionary. But revenge is a lot more focused in the sense that it has it knows what it's doing, and that is inverting the rape revenge formula, where like they make. Can I talk about the end of revenge? <laughs> um, I, I okay. We'll we'll put in a special little point here. If you have not seen Revenge, please press pause. Now, if you want to see Revenge, it either is about to or is officially on Shudder. Yeah, so so give it a watch there. Otherwise, here is Katie ruining another film for you. (laughs) Well, okay, so Martyrs, like I said, is sort of grasping towards a point about um, religion being bullshit, but it doesn't quite have its thought clarified. But Revenge the whole point is to invert the like um, power dynamic and like the gaze, like it's a very aggressive female gaze where at the beginning, like the woman who, who, you know, gets uh, raped is vulnerable and viewed as like sexual camera leers on her. Then it inverts. And at the end, the, the like kind of mastermind guy, her boyfriend is naked and covered in blood and she's literally hunting him down. So it's making like, a, and that movie also is very, very visceral and violent and kind of in your face and also French, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, no, but it like, you know, d- 
the director of that, she was, she, she knew, she knew what she was getting at. She wasn't. And so I think it's a better film. It's not muddled message. It's a yeah. lot leaner. So, so you'd basically yeah. say the fact that it's, it's leaner is what helps get, uh, make it more successful. It's more focused. Like, okay. um, like I think martyrs isn't as like, like we were saying before, you could kind of be reading some of the, the like artistic intention into Martyrs, whereas Revenge, like, her, you know, her, she's got a stronger point of view as a director. That's understandable. Wh- which one do you think will will last in the cultural mind longer? Hmm. I honestly don't know. I, I feel like as much as I enjoyed revenge because it, it's it's so good there's not many times that you get to um the third act of a film and you have a showdown that's meaningful and powerful but you're also laughing throughout yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah that one's got a better sense of humor too that's true. yeah but but i think it's the one that unfortunately will uh be remembered less just because of the the notoriety is the only way to put it around something like martyrs is that it's, it's one of those kind of in, even though it's not extreme, but it, so. it, it is, it is in its own way. But I mean, it's, it's kind of like for a period of time with the, the human centipede first movie, people were like, Oh my God, have you seen this? Or, or back in the day the you know, like the faces of death, like it was, it's, it still has kind of that dare notoriety that when people mention martyrs, there's, there's kind of a, a hush for people who are in the know. And then the person who doesn't know is like, Oh, explain it to me. And, and that always kind of, you know, builds up its own legend that sometimes becomes more powerful than the movie. And revenge is a good, good film. But I think unfortunately when, when you have like a legend or folktale that kind of grows up around your movie is what causes you to be remembered in the long run. Even, even if it doesn't mean that you're necessarily the better film. Yeah. Um, I was thinking when you're saying like, what would I actually say if someone's, so if I was talking to someone, they said martyrs, what's that? I would say, Oh, it's just something really fucked up. (laughs) But, but I think that I, I think, I think that hooks them is a thing. Somebody's gonna be like, wait, what, what fucked up French movie? What, What's fucked up about it? <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me more. Oh, I got to go find this movie now, and then boom, you, you've got somebody who who does the whole. Oh, we're gonna grab some drinks with some friends, and we're gonna have five people over. I heard this fucking French movie's really fucked up. We gotta see oh, it. That would ruin your bros' night. Don't do that. <laughs> I now, if it ruins their bros' night, I now want it to happen. <laughs> tell all the bros the best brewskis with your bros with. Oh, that's that's a terrible night that's going to happen somehow now. And, uh, yeah, that's really mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'll I'll move on to the next question then, which we kind of hit on in a way, but I'm very curious to 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 get you know full explanation from you. But now that you've rewatched the movie recently and it's hitting its 10 year anniversary, do you feel that it's still worthy of the reverence that people, you know? give it that kind of put it on it's a little pedestal if you will or do you think that the shine is starting to fade away from the film i think the shine's starting to fade away from all of these all these like mid-2000s french horror movies which was like a thing you know and it's a thing that people like you talked about said talked about like reverent tones but 
I'm not sure how much longevity any of it's going to have. Like, I think it's going to be kind of obscure. It's going to continue to be obscure. And yeah, I'm not sure if people are going to be doing, you know, tribute films to it in 10, 15 years. <laughs> never, never say never. Never say never. Well, you know how people do like John Carpenter tributes now. I, I don't know if yeah. I can really picture somebody doing a Martyrs tribute 15 years from now. I think the French extreme wave out of the majority of like the the early odd fads there there are is the one that'll um, fade the most uh, from people's minds because of the the fact that you hit upon earlier that the majority of these directors who made these movies kind of it was a, a flash in the pan they either made one and then tried to come over to America and make a couple movies or they their follow up was yet another. Um, French extreme type movie and then they got kind of um, you know pigeonholed into that's the type of movie you're going to make even if you don't want to make anything else um, whereas like you think about a, like a couple of years earlier with uh, the J-horror and I was going to say like, I didn't see J-horror having a resurgence yeah and like the directors who came out of that are, are a lot more well known or um, even directly after that but still kind of before the French extreme with the, the South Korean revenge films that you had mm-hmm. and the directors who came out of that because of, of how much they've gone on. And that's it, it like, I, that's why I think out of them, the, the French extreme wave films are the ones that'll, that'll fade the soonest. Yeah. I agree with you there. Like, I honestly think it's a sort of a flash in the pan kind of thing. Like you said, most of these guys really only made like one really good movie. Yep, I mean it's it's simple enough. I feel I feel bad because it's like I did like rewatching it, but it's one of those where you think about where it where it is ten years later. I think if somebody's watching it for the first time, if they go in just knowing that um, it's it's not exactly what you expect, then they'll be quite interested. Because I watched it with my wife, and when yeah. when the film ended, the very first thing that she said is is she goes. You know, I, I think I liked it, and I was like, that that's kind of the the feeling that everybody has, because like halfway through the movie, we I couldn't find like you know a, a DVD or anything to rent, so we we just um, uh, what's it called, rented the stream off of Amazon, yeah. and it was buffering with like thirty minutes left to go, just as things get really crazy, right. and and she's like, I'm glad that there's that break there, because I've been feeling really uncomfortable for the majority of it right and really really intense yeah and, and then at the end you're like i think i liked it it's kind of a weird feeling but when you look back on it years later you're like i think it's it's losing a little bit of that luster even though even if it's a movie that you enjoy right yeah no you, definitely i i agree with that but yeah the thing about that movie is it it's really a lot about um I'm going to make kind of a wild comparison here, but have you watched Nanette yet? Not yet. Okay, so Nanette is all, like, about controlling tone and, like, a very kind of slick way of showing, like, that she's so good at writing jokes that she can make you feel something at any specific point. And it doesn't feel like jokes when she's saying it, but that's what it is, is, like, master of the form. And that's sort of what this movie is doing with like tension and release where we're saying some parts are like really pummelingly intensive mm-hmm. and some are kind of gross and they're all really intense feelings but it's like different tones throughout and then 
it's like the movie itself is an exercise in suffering. <laughs> no, I th- I think I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. No, that's as you were saying it. I was like, wait, it's a type of situation where when you're watching the movie, it's an experience because you're kind of suffering along with the people in it. But once it's done, you've kind of reached in that you've reached that state of enlightenment, if you will. Kind of, kind of, yeah. You're you're that much stronger from coming out the other side of of uh. So yeah, if you're if you're feeling absolutely terrible about yourself or the world, give this film a try because you might you might feel a little bit elevated afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. I just have a very dark sense of humor, and so you know. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You you might need it for a film like this. I think that's part of why I can be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. I'm, I'm going to say that I've got lots of problems with the movie, but I still really like it because it's messed up. Yeah, All but life. not like like I don't like I've never seen Faces of Death, and I think the Animal Holocaust is gross and stuff like that. But fact of the matter is, I have opinions on all that stuff. So clearly, this is some genre of film that I'm interested in. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Katie. So where where can the good people find you on the internet? Uh, theavyclub.com. Uh, I have stuff on there pretty much every day, Monday to Friday. Uh, on Twitter, at Future Schlock, like the Alvin Toffler book in the 70s, but Schlock, like the John Landis movie. Yes. I was, I was hoping that was the cut you were going for there. So yeah, thank you for that. Um <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Yo Adrian Torres. Of course, you can find all the information about this show at Horrorversary. Um, we're available for you to listen to us everywhere now. We got everything situated and sorted out and have for the past uh, couple months now when you'll be listening to this. So, yeah, um, find us on either SoundCloud if you want. But please go to places like Google Music and go to iTunes and write us a little review doesn't have to be anything long but just just rate us and give us a review it's 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 a nice thing you can do um i do have one last question just because of the time of the year that this movie or sorry this episode will be coming out this episode is going to be dropping towards basically the middle slash end of september and which means because as we mentioned early in this episode is a fantastic fest and I wondered if there were any films that you were either looking forward to there or that you would hope would show up. Oh my God. If Suspiria doesn't play at Fantastic Fest this year, I'm going to fucking cry. I, w- I was poking and prodding <laughs> there a little bit because I, I knew what the answer was going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be so sad if Suspiria doesn't play. Did I can't you, wait to see that you, God, that trailer. Have you seen it? Ah! I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love. Oh man, it looks so Zalowski, so Fassbender. Like, oh, never, never has a movie gone from people saying, "Ugh, I'm not sure if it's going to be that great." To the director having a movie that drops and blows everybody away, and then the trailer comes out and everybody goes, "Sold, sold, sold." Um, no, completely. Yeah, because when they first talked about doing a Suspiria remake, I was violently against it very against it but that trailer i was like yeah okay i'll see where you're going with this. You, you don't have any like uh, dark horse that you'd be okay with possibly well i'll say this i saw cam and i okay. saw Luz at fantasia and i enjoyed 
enjoyed both of those a lot. And both of those are playing Fantastic Fest. I think Cam is really, it's a really brilliant idea. It's like, uh, so uh, I, one of my coworkers, I said, oh, you should see this movie Cam. I watched it for Fantasia. It's pretty good. And he was like, what's it like? I was like, kind of a feminist take on De Palma. And he said, <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. And I said, I know, I didn't either. So oh. That's a sales pitch for Cam. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I hope that that's what it is. I'm looking, this is one of the years where, of course, we record these in advance. So we're recording this in August, but you're going to be hearing it towards the end of September. So we haven't gotten the second wave yet. But what I was talking to somebody who's like, oh, I'm surprised they haven't had any of these titles. And I'm like, oh, well, it's usually the second wave where they announce films that either were just at Fantasia or got picked up at, at TIFF because it's that weird area where movies are getting their premieres at one film festival and people are kind of waiting to see, did this get really good re- reviews? Did it get lukewarm ones to, to pick up? So ho- hopefully we'll hear, you know, by the time this episode drops that uh, a couple of those films are going to be in there. Like what, what kind of titles were they? Oh, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I just know that that's how it usually is that there's a, a couple usually, if Fantasia has like what usually like two or three of the biggest titles mm-hmm. that people weren't expecting there that get like really good word of mouth, kind of like with you, what you mentioned about Cam is they, are, they pop. Oh, I'm sorry. They no. are Lords of Chaos at Fantasia tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tonight it's their closing night surprise film is Lords of Chaos. So I'd be willing to bet that it's a book. I, I think I'd be okay with that. That that'd be yeah. I want to see it. yeah. I'm yeah. I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Well, well there there you go. Hopefully, some of these films that we mentioned we're talking about in ten years from now. So, <laughs> uh, Katie, I very much want to thank you for coming on and and being the guest tonight. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure why I picked why I picked this one off the list, but I'm glad we talked about it. It's fun to talk about. Well, maybe, maybe if we're very lucky. I know that there was another movie that you mentioned, unfortunately, before we started recording, that um, it, maybe there's a chance that we can get you back for that one. Cool. Okay. Until next time, everybody, be good to each other. <laughs>